to AI Arthritis Voices 360, the podcast solving today's most pressing issues in the AI arthritis community. We invite you to take the microphone and share your best tips, triumphs, and inspirations. Whether you are still in search of a diagnosis or a longtime patient, we want to hear from you because we know how much your voices matter. So pull up a chair and have a seat at the table. Hello and welcome to AI Arthritis Voices 360. This is a mini episode that we like to call At the Table. We air these every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And who are we, you might ask, if you're just tuning in for the first time? Well, this is the official talk show for the International Foundation for Autoimmune and Autoinflammatory Arthritis, which is the type of arthritis associated with having an autoimmune or an autoinflammatory disease. My name is Tiffany. I am one of the co-founders of the organization. I am also the CEO and a person living with AI arthritis diseases myself. So these mini episodes, you might ask, what in the world are these all about? Well, we like to use these short segments to either introduce a topic that's a hot topic right now that we can generate some conversation and start thinking about solving a problem. Or it's to invite you to take action on something that we're working on already. And this is a little bit of both. So the topic today is relevant whether you are a person living with AI arthritis diseases or not. If you are any person with any condition that you may see medical treatment for, this is for you. And we all together can join forces with some ideas and thoughts so that we can address some issues that may be coming up here in regards to electronic health or e-health or mobile health, m-health. There's all different ways that we we can say this, but in the time of COVID-19 and beyond, the way we communicate with our physicians, our medical teams will likely never be quite the same. And that's something that we need to address. Again, not just in the AI arthritis community, but in all communities, because we are finding some wonderful benefits from online services and being able to meet with our doctors. But there's also many challenges. And part of the reason I think there is a lot of challenges is there has been a push for online or mobile health for quite a while. But there's been a lot of pushback. Now there's there's no choice. There we can't we don't have a choice to push back. And so there's going to be some bumps in the road. So let's talk about this a little bit. So first of all, you know, my personal situation, I've experienced situations where I was able to fairly easily see a doctor, uh, get a link, and I did it on my cell phone. So they sent a link and I set up the app and they called at the certain time. Yeah, it it was a little confusing. It took me a minute to figure it out, but I did it. But then I realized when I had to set up another meeting with a different doctor, they use a different service. So that was the first issue that I found. It's not all the same. We're not using the same. Maybe some are using Zoom. Some are using an app on the phone. The point is that unless you're really technology savvy, (laughs) this can get a little confusing. And for some people who don't use technology, And that could be because of age. It could be because of other demographic reasons. This may be 
even more of a challenge, which is concerning because if you're not going to the doctor because you're fearful of the technology or you just simply don't have access, not everyone has a smartphone that, that they can use. So there's just some challenges that come along with using technology in general that we really need to address not just in today's world and what we're experiencing now, but as we move forward, just making sure that there are options available to come in person and and people don't primarily go all online. Our organization, including myself, I was one of the participants, we were at the European League Against Rheumatism, ULAR Congress, which is a scientific meeting hosted in Europe every year. And when we were there, we had attended a seminar, eHealth Redefines the Relationship Between Patients with Rheumatic Diseases and Healthcare Professionals. And we thought it was such a forward-thinking discussion at the time. This was just a year ago. And they were doing a great job, they meaning different doctors and researchers, doing a great job of explaining why there could be such a great need. Rural people who don't have easy access to a doctor, for example, great addition, right? E-health. But there are some other benefits that they mentioned. For example, one of the challenges that came up in a previous episode that we did called Roomy Rounds was an episode that was based on communications between patients and rheumatologists was the fact that in the United States, now it's different in other states. I've talked to Simon, one of our co-hosts. Hey, Simon. And he is in England and they have a different system of tracking records. But in the United States in particular, when you visit a new doctor, that doctor is relying on the notes taken from the doctor prior in order to follow your care and your diagnostic journey. So often a patient may get this feeling of starting over. So having things online and moving more towards an online record could address some issues with that. So perhaps there could be an organized way that medical professionals are adding data into our chart. So that, that's good. And it's also really great to make sure that patients always have access to their records, their tests, and that's becoming more of the norm right now, but still not everyone utilizes those portals. So I think having a better knowledge that they exist and for those places that don't have them fully set up now is a great time to do so. That I think would be a great thing to come out of all of this. But I'd like to point out another issue that I don't think any of us can ignore. And that is, it's difficult to communicate with a medical professional fully in some situations when you are not face-to-face. I think about a couple days ago, I woke up with one of the worst spondylitis flares I've had in years. And spondylitis is of the spine, and that's where my autoimmune disease stems from primarily. And the joints on the side, one side of my spine were visibly swollen. But I thought to myself, now, how would I show that to my rheumatologist if I were on a video? Like I'm trying to picture pulling my shirt up in the back and trying to back up my back literally to the, the screen. And, you know, then you've got shadows. So it's, just, it's those kind of things. Like how do you really show things that you might want to relay to your medical professional. But additionally, I'm curious 
any of you who have done the telehealth or, or talk to your doctors, if you prepared any differently, because the communication, if you're preparing differently, can be very different while you have that window of opportunity to speak to your doctor. When we go to a physical location, we might be waiting in the waiting room for a while, and then we have a certain amount of time with the doctor. And then when you have a telehealth, where in my experience, they gave me a window of time of when the doctor may call. But there's a lot of stress that's coming on both sides when you're preparing for a different way of communicating. And one would think that could impact on both sides, the way the doctor is framing their time, the questions that they're asking, if they can't visually see some of your symptoms or purpose for being there. So there's just already conflicts in communication between doctors and patients as it exists. So thinking about additional challenges that come along with communication online or over the phone, I think is something we need to talk about more. Because if we do continue along these lines with some telehealth or mobile health, which I imagine that we will, we want to be able to think about and address those barriers. So we have that barrier of communication. We have the barrier of just generally not everybody uses technology. So that's something at our organization because we do focus on patient doctor education. We certainly would like to explore that a little more. So if anybody has any thoughts or suggestions or just perspectives on your experiences, we'd love to hear them. And why do we want your opinions? Why are we asking for your opinions? Well, it's because your viewpoints, your experiences are different than mine, are different than other co-founders at our organization, different than other volunteers, different in other places in the world. The point is that at our organization, everything we do is based on listening to the perspectives of all people, making sure that the patient is considered as an equal party, an equal stakeholder at the table, and then together we solve these problems. Now, one thing that we know in our organization, we have been the patients at the tables working side by side with researchers and educators, et cetera, in order to give our input and our advice when developing or shaping a project or an initiative. For the same philosophy that I just mentioned, we incorporate into our own mission, which is listening to all perspectives is important for solving the problem. So knowing this, we'd like to hear from you. What has your experience been with online healthcare? What challenges have you experienced? Do you have any fears associated with it. When that could be a technology fear, it could be that maybe the doctor's not fully understanding. There's many things that that could transpire. What do you like about it? What concerns you about it? What benefits do you potentially see? And what things about this new online health movement would you really like to see move forward and why? So this is a conversation that you can join us starting on May 16th to May 20th, depending on when you're listening to this, because we are going to host our first ever gala, which was supposed to be in St. Louis, Missouri this last weekend, but it got canceled because of COVID. So we're moving it online. And that means all people listening can join our gala. It's free. Just register at our website and we'll send you the schedule of events, including conversations on this exact topic, and you'll be able to get more involved 
and learn what we do and support the 450 million people around the world who live with these diseases. But again, depending on when you're listening to this, all of our episodes, you can always find too on Facebook at our page, IFAI Arthritis. And there are groups that we have. And one of the groups is an AI Arthritis Voices 360 at the table group where all of these episodes are posted. So, hey, if you missed the gala, that's okay. You can still find this conversation and, and join it there after the fact. And speaking of the Autoball online gala, we'd love for you to attend. Just register at AIarthritis.org backslash Autoball. You can learn a little bit more about it. Go ahead and register again for free. And we will send you a schedule of events, how you can get involved. And if you can't be there because, hey, you just might not be able to be there, that's okay. Because if you register, we'll send you links to everything that you missed and including more information about how you can get involved to help people with AI arthritis diseases all over the world. So let's talk about it. New time in the way we are communicating with our practitioners. What do you like? What do you not like? What can we incorporate into the future to improve the lives of all of those out there who are experiencing the change? that is associated with COVID-19. Pull up a seat and join me at the table. Looking forward to it. AI Arthritis Voices 360 is produced by the International Foundation for Autoimmune and Autoinflammatory Arthritis. Every Sunday, join our fellow patient co-hosts as they lead the discussions in the patient community, as well as consult with stakeholders worldwide to solve the problems that matter most. Find us on the web at www.aiarthritis.org.